Rebbe, I just wanted to take like a minute to explain why the church puts particular readings that we've read during the month. There are, if you know, there are three large-scale themes throughout the year. The beginning, the first month of the year is about the love of God the Father. The bulk of the rest of the Coptic year is about uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the last a few months is about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, as I said, the majority of the year is about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we see in this month how sin separated us from God and what Christ does to try to unite us back to Him again. So in the first week of the month uh, was the gospel of the paralytic man. And so we see in that week that God uh, sent His only begotten Son to the world to forgive sins. So if you remember, He forgave the sins of the paralytic man before uh, raising him up. In the second week, we read about the consequences of sin. Second week tells us that we ourselves are sort of unable to conquer sin without the presence of Christ. And He can give us success and victory over failure. So if you remember, we read the story of St. Peter failing to catch any fish. But then when the present, in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, He achieves success and He achieves victory as a sort of a, a, a metaphor of our possibility of success and victory of, over sin uh, with the help of God. In the third week, it's focusing mostly on incorruption. God created all of us in incorruption, but when Adam ate from the tree, He came to heal us from, incorru- from corruption. So we see our Lord Jesus Christ healing the demon-possessed, blind and mute man and removing this corruption from him. And then this week, the last week of Beba, we see Christ giving victory over death itself. We see him visiting the city of Nain to give life to the son of the widow. And so we understand this to mean that he is giving us also life from death. So the goal of the readings of this month is to focus on the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that gives us victory over sin, victory over failure, victory over corruption, and then victory over death. If we look specifically about the reading this week, if we think in general about the miracles of our Lord Jesus Christ, of course the miracles always make an impression on us when we hear them and we believe them. But for different people in different ways. Some of us, most of us are amazed at His miracles and amazed how He can work in people's bodies, healing, healing their bodies. And we don't take the time to discern uh, sort of the greater accomplishment, which is the raising of the souls of men, even until this present time. Our Lord Jesus Christ Himself, He says, For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He will. So we shouldn't have any doubt that even in this present time, men and women daily are raised from the dead. The widowed mother for sure rejoiced at the raising of this young man who was dead. But when women and men are raised again in spirit every day, our mother, the church, also rejoices. We find in the Gospels three different accounts of our Lord Jesus Christ raising people from the dead. There may have been more, but these three are the three that are recorded. And if you remember, St. John's Gospel tells us that there are many, many miracles that our Lord Jesus Christ did that were not recorded, and that if we were to record them all, we wouldn't be able to, kind of all the books couldn't contain all the things that our Lord Jesus Christ did. But it's not an accident that these three particular expressly are recorded because these miracles also need to be spiritually understood. Christ didn't do miracles just for the sake of miracles. But in order that the things which He did should sort of inspire wonder in the people who saw them and at the same time convey a deep spiritual truth to those of us who can understand it with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It's like an example that I like to use is sort of the example of calligraphy. 
if you don't know how to read, you can look at calligraphy and you can say, it's beautiful. It's amazing how it looks. I love it. It's a perfect work of art. But for the person who can read, not only do they see the beauty of the calligraphy, but they can also read the information that is presented. So you can not only praise the work, but also have a deeper understanding of it. So this is how we should be when we are reading the Gospels. Think about, for example, Christ and the fig tree. If you remember, we always read this around Holy Week, about Christ um, cursing the fig tree and causing it to die because it doesn't have fruits. This is a miracle, right? It has control over a tree. But if I look at it in just a very simple way, I can think about, wow, you know, it's just God's control over a tree. But shouldn't he know, for example, that this is not a time for fruits? Why is he expecting fruits when he shouldn't? Isn't he the creator of figs and the creator of trees? That understanding is just a basic understanding of the miracle. It's not that our Lord Jesus Christ was ignorant of the time of fruits. But he is trying to convey a message. He is trying to say that we have to be ready. He's trying to say that we should always have fruit. It has nothing to do with the particular fig tree. So when Christ performs these miracles, He might be trying to signify for us something further besides the wonderful and divine thing that is happening in and of itself. So who are the three people that are recorded who arose from the dead? He raised, if you remember, the dead daughter of the ruler of the synagogue. Somebody came to Him and said, you know, this person's daughter is sick, can you come and heal her? And he said, sure, I'll come. And he goes and he tries to go. And by the time on his way, he said, you know what? Don't trouble yourself. She already died. And then he goes into the room after they said that she's died. And then he says to her, oh, actually, she's not dead. She's just asleep. And then he raises her from the dead and he restores her alive to her parents. And then today we hear the gospel of the young man who was rose from the dead as he was being carried out to go to the grave. He was near to the city. Our Lord Jesus Christ saw the funeral procession and he rose this guy as he was sort of being carried out to go into the tomb. And he rose, got up, and was speaking to his mother. And then the last one that's recorded is his raising of Lazarus from the dead. Right? In that case, if you remember, he was sick. They asked him to come. He delayed his coming. And then Lazarus was in the tomb actually for four days by the time he ended up coming to him. So these three kinds of dead people are three kinds of sinners whom our Lord Jesus Christ raises even till today. That dead daughter, the ruler of the synagogue, was inside the house. She hadn't been carried out from the walls into public view. While still inside, she was raised from the dead. The second person was not in the house, but was not in the tomb yet. He hadn't been carried out of the walls, not put into the ground. And in the third case, he raised Lazarus from the dead after his burial for four days. So what's the spiritual understanding of this? There are those of us who have sin inwardly in our hearts, but maybe have not committed it in overt actions. A person, for example, can be disturbed by lust. And our Lord Jesus Christ himself said, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already with her in, her, in his heart. Even though in his body he has not yet approached her, but his heart has consented. And then his, so then in his soul is some kind of death, but he's not carried out the sin yet. And then as often happens in our daily experience, when we hear, for example, the word of God or are condemned or rebuked by our brother or sister, or we get a message from God, 
saying, arise, this consent to sin is condemned and we repent. And the dead man in the house arises. The heart revives in the secret of his thoughts. So this resurrection of a dead soul takes place within, inside our consciences, just like inside the walls of the house with the ruler of the synagogue's daughter. Looking further, others of us, we consent and proceed to action. We, we actually sin, we commit sin. We carry out this dead person. The person that was concealed in secret goes out into public view. And now you may think, okay, since it's in public view, what hope do we have? But the gospel that we read today, even though he was taken out, even though he was already on the way to the tomb, our Lord Jesus Christ says to him, arise. And he was restored to his mother. So also all of us, even when we have committed open sin, if we are admonished and awakened by the word of truth, we can rise again by the voice of Christ and restored alive. And then if you think about the third scenario, those of us who by doing what's evil involve ourselves to the extent that our evil becomes an evil habit, so much so that maybe evil doesn't even seem to be evil anymore, and we maybe even become defenders of evil deeds, and may even become angry with those who find faults with our deeds, to such a degree that maybe if we are rebuked or if someone comes and speaks to us, we're angry and accuse the person of themselves being evil. These people are like Lazarus. The sin has become so ingrained in them that they have the stench of sin on them. You remember when our Lord Jesus Christ said, open the tomb for Lazarus, his sisters are like, no, please don't do that. He's been in there for four, four days. It smells. There's a stench. But although he was dead for four days, and even so where our souls can be in the habit of sin, there is still hope for our resurrection. How do the people who are to this extent arrive at that extent? If you think about Lazarus, he was in the tomb for four days. Those four days sort of resemble a fourfold progress. First is like the provocation of the heart, where my, my heart tells me I would like to do this sin. Secondly, I consent, I do this sin. Third is the overt act, actually doing it. And then fourthly is when it becomes a habit. Because there are many times and many opportunities for us to stop a sin as we go. Sometimes we think of a sin and we say to ourselves, no, I can't do this. Sometimes I think of a sin and I start to dwell on it. And I think I might enjoy it and I might like it. So I consider finding ways how to commit this sin. And sometimes I commit the sin and then I regret and I come back. Other times I commit the sin, have no feeling of regret and continue and become a habit. But our Lord Jesus Christ today and in the stories of the resurrection tells us that He's coming for all of these types of people. None of these raisings from the dead showed any kind of degree of difficulty for our Lord Jesus Christ. There was maybe different actions though. When He raised Lazarus, what did He do? He said He groaned in the Spirit. He showed that there is a need of hard work once sin has been ingrained as a habit. But at the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lazarus was restored alive. Our Lord Jesus Christ delivers 
even from evil habits. Even people who have been dead for four days. Even people who have the stench of sin on them. So we need to think about our lives. Where am I in this sort of continuum of sin? Have I thought of sin, but have not yet acted? Have I acted, but has not become yet a habit? Or do I have habitual sin in my life? I need to recognize that our Lord Jesus Christ has the power to cure all of these, that He can raise all of this deadness from our hearts. But maybe I'm talking to one of you who might, you might think to yourself, yeah, I'm that, I'm that third one. I'm already pressed down hard with habit. I'm heavy laden with sin. I don't even recognize anymore good from evil. Our Lord Jesus Christ tells us that even then, I should not despair. Even if I am dead in the tombs, in the depths below, our Lord Jesus Christ is exalted. He knows how to cry out with a loud voice and to raise you, just like when he said, Lazarus, come forth. So all of those, even if you're thinking to yourself, I am stuck in the habit of sin, our Lord Jesus Christ today is reminding us that he is the resurrection and the life. That we all have an opportunity to repent, to change, to remove the stench of sin from us. So then, those of us who are alive spiritually, I need to remain steadfast in the faith. And those of us who are dead, in whatever condition we are, in whichever of these sort of three deaths that we talked about, we ask and we pray that our Lord Jesus Christ raises us again with all quickness. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.